you don't want your busy evenings to signal the end of dinnertime exploration, try Blue Apron's two or four serving menu plan so you're always cooking something new and enjoying fresh seasonal ingredients. With 60 plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high-quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW-recommended, and wellness offerings. Order now and get $110 off across your first five orders when you visit blueapron.com unique. The Road to Rediscovery is sponsored by BetterHelp. Let me ask you something. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, for me growing up, feelings of anxiety, inadequacy, doubt, and even imposter syndrome got in the way uh, of me reaching my goals and reaching my full potential, right? So BetterHelp addresses these and more. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and, get this, financial aid is even available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. They mean it. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And there's a special offer for our Road to Rediscovery listeners. Get 10% off your first month when you register at BetterHelp.com slash Road to Rediscovery. We're all on this journey of life together, and it sure feels good to know professional help is within our reach with better help. Again, that's better H E L P. Thanks to better help for sponsoring this podcast. Our lives are laid out on a road of bumps, turns, struggles, and more. How do we respond? How do we endure adversity for learning and growth? I'm Aubrey Johnson, and we'll explore these questions and more on The Roads Rediscovery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Roads Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Roads Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them, and of course, pay it forward and take it to the next level by helping others who are struggling through dark times. Now, as you know, on the Road to Rediscovery, we are passionate about delivering quality content that is of value to you and your personal growth. If you like what you hear, please visit roadsrediscovery.com slash donate. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash donate. We'll give you a shout out in a future episode. And as always, there is no obligation. We are truly, truly grateful for your listenership. I have a question for you. How many of you have worked so hard to pursue a dream with focus, determination, and resolve only to fall down over and over and over again? Many of us, right? Now, let me ask you this. How many of you have had this happen and then learn that God has another plan for you? Well, that's what happened with my special guest. She is a performing poet and professional writer from Columbia, South Carolina. 
After failing the certification exam 10 times in her pursuit to, to become a certified elementary school teacher, all the while working menial labor jobs, through God, she rediscovered that, she, that he had a different plan for her. And so her journey began as a poet and writer. She's been featured in the New York Times, Sheen Magazine, and winning multiple contests in global art and poetry. Let's welcome Tracy Neal to the show. Hi, Tracy. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So let me let me ask you this. Is it true that you knew you wanted to be a writer ever since you were five years old? Yes. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. So what drew you to want to become a writer at such a young age? I just loved books. I loved the imagination that I gained from reading. And um, I tell people I get my writing from my mother. She has mm -hmm. a gift of writing as well. So mm -hmm. it was just always in me and it, it never went away, never. Mm, fantastic, oh, fantastic. So um, that was inspired by your mother and, um, and, and uh, you know, it's funny how things stick with us ever since we we're a kid. We have, you know, as children, we're very impressionable, right? But um, some things, you know, um, kind of fall by the wayside and we have other interests and then some things just stick with us. And for you, apparently um, writing, you know, writing has, uh, has, has been that, uh, that the case. So uh, at what point did kind of writing transition to poetry is it um you, we you knew you loved to write but then the next question is what do you write right i mean for some people it's uh jokes it's um um uh, outlines or short stories or uh, in your case was it was it poems or, or how did you make that transition from writing to poetry when I was younger, I kind of dibbled and dabbled in, in different um, genres of writing, mm -hmm. but poetry stemmed and, and emerged when I was a teenager. Okay. And so in seventh grade, um, my reading teacher had the class do an actual poetry book where we mm -hmm. had to write poems um, daily um, to create a book. And right. so that just made me dive into poetry and I fell in love with it and <laughs> it just stayed with me. And mm -hmm. so when I turned 14, that was actually when I started performing my poetry with nice. my mother's, with my mother's help. Um, yeah. She took me to the South Carolina book festival at the time and they had an open mic. I was actually the youngest one in this rather medium sized room. Right. And so everyone was reading off a of paper. And mm -hmm. so I had actually brought my poems with me that day. And I guess my mother thought I was going to read off a of paper as well. So she just like encouraged me to read one of my poems. But I actually went up there and performed. And so my mother confirmed to me, you have a gift. And mm. so from there, it just never died. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. So um what are the basic or main theme of your of your poems? Um, um, is it reflection? Is it um, um, life in general? Um, what, what what are some? What's the main idea or theme of your poems? It's evolved. So before I I read poems in the past that I wrote when I was a teenager, there were mm -hmm. a lot of self reflection. 
because mm-hmm. um, at the time I was dealing with bullying, low self-esteem. So poetry mm-hmm. was my outlet from that. So it was like a lot of self-reflection and learning of myself. But mm-hmm. now it's more of a call to action. So I use my poems to draw people to want to do better and be the best of themselves. Very nice. Very nice. So um, um, I love how you clarified um, the evolution of, of your of your poetry, right? Um, because uh, even though it evolved, uh, it served a purpose, a true purpose in, in, in both ways, right? From, from being an outlet um, to, uh, to, to, you know, getting past um, bullying, low self-esteem over to a call to action, especially in, I would imagine in these days with all the different crazy stories that you hear going on in the country, in the world, you know, um, in, in society in general, right? Um, there, there is a need to call to action. And, and, and so I want to, I just want to thank you, um, for, you know, for clarifying how your poetry has, um, has, has made that, that evolution. And so, um, with that, okay. Um, you, you performed, you, you wrote and in your teenage years, that's when you begin performing and, um, now you're reaching a time, I would imagine it's uh, shortly after high school, that you begin uh, pursuing um, your dream to become a teacher. Um, how, how, did, how did that, can you explain for the listeners how, first off, how your, um, what inspired you to become a teacher? And then talk about uh, that, that, that journey and getting that certification. Yes. Um, and I will clarify, I thought that was my dream mm-hmm. um, at one point, and mainly because of my father's influence. My father is a retired high school teacher, mm-hmm. same school over 40 years. Wow. So we both had that ability to teach, and we yes. both love the youth. So I really wanted to make my dad proud. I'm a daddy's girl, so um, <laughs> I thought this is a stable career, and you know, something that I can do well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But um, during the times of college and transitioning out of college and still trying to um, pass this exam to be certified, it never happened. I felt Mm -hmm. like it was kind of this blockage, like, yeah, yeah. there was something more for Uh me than that. So um, finally, when I was 30, and I had failed for the 10th time. I had the courage to tell my father, I'm not going to take this test again. I'm going to go after my real dream to be a writer. Very nice. So. Okay. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. And so if we can uh, just kind of slightly back up from that 10th attempt to, let's say, your fifth and your sixth and your seventh attempt, um, what kept you? Was it a mantra or was it just a, a solid just solid rock hard determination, but what kept you staying the course in pursuing teaching and taking that certification after that fifth time, that sixth time, that seventh time, you know, m- more than the halfway point before you reached, um, before you reached that 10th time? Well, actually, it's funny you say that because the fifth time is when I kind of wanted to transition and do something else. Mm-hmm but I didn't have the courage to, you know, 
<laughs> so yeah. my father, no. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> the honest truth that I just, I really didn't have the courage to tell mm -hmm. him. No, I didn't want to disappoint him. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. No, that that makes that makes a lot of sense. And uh, and and wow, as you're explaining this, you know, um, Tracy, I, I can't help but say real quick that um, uh, I can relate with you on so many levels when it comes to this. Uh, and, and three levels come up right off the top of my head. Okay. The first one is, you know, my wife, she is a retired teacher and assistant principal. Um, who was with Cincinnati Public Schools for 23 years. And, and so, you know, from, from that level, I can relate. And the second level is uh, the number of attempts, right, that, um, that, that you have went to take this certification. Um, when I was a senior in high school, you know, I wanted to father, follow in my father's footsteps, you know, and my father served in the army and I wanted to serve in the army right out of high school. But my big thing in high school was band. I was a musician. And so I wanted to join the army band. Well, to join the army band, you had to, um, you had to audition. And, you know, there's lots of uh, sheet music um, that you have to sight read for the first time and play it and play it well to be accepted into the Army band. And I got everything done that I needed to get sworn into the Army. But the last thing I needed was to uh, pass this audition. And my recruiter took me to this place to audition, believe it or not. 10 times <laughs> and uh and and i i i was able to um reattempt after a week so it was 10 straight weeks and and after that 10th time i just thought you know maybe this just isn't for me and i wanted to follow in my father's footsteps and uh in serving the country so anyhow those are the three areas that i can relate with you on and it takes some vulnerability and some transparency right in opening yourself up to share that, to, to share that, yes, I failed, you know, um, but that's the foundation to thriving, right? It really is. Yeah, yeah, no, it totally is. So can you describe for the listeners, um, how, did, how, did, how did it all come out, come about when you realized that God had a different plan for you? I will tell anyone the shift for me was getting in the New York Times. Mm. So when I first started, I started my um, poetry business in January 2020 before the pandemic hit. And by the time the pandemic hit in March, I was um, on my first radio show and I didn't stop booking myself for radio shows. I think August 2020 was my last one, but I had been on like 22 of them <laughs> and booked myself. Wow. So, wow. so it's like, okay, I can do this. Let me try this. So it was mm -hmm. just like a constant, okay, let me see what else I can do type thing. And mm -hmm. I had actually tried to get in the New York times three times. Wow. The third time was a charm, I guess. Yeah. Third's a charm <laughs> for sure. It won't be 10 times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but the funny thing with that was, um, I saw the shift because instead of me in the past, like how I did before writing about myself, you know, mm -hmm. and kind of trying to boost my own head, mm -hmm. I used it as an opportunity to be vulnerable. 
and to hopefully inspire people to, like I said, the call to action. And I felt good about it when I, you know, submitted it because I talked Mm -hmm. about my rejection. I talked about how I use poetry as an outlet and Mm -hmm. encourage people to, you know, let your rejection move you forward. And so that was like, to me, the light bulb going off that, you know, this is beyond me. My words have power to influence people for the better. And that's what I need to be utilizing my poetry for, not to, you know, boost my own head, but to really be effective in the world because there is a lot of negativity out there. Yeah, there truly is a lot of negativity out there. And, and you know, some people say words are just words, but I mean, you know, it, it goes so far beyond just saying the word, right? I mean, there's inflection, there's intent. And uh, I, I think, I think, you know, we need to be more, um, uh, how can I say, uh, critical and um, cognizant of how we use our words, right? And, and say, is, is, are we using our words for the betterment of society in helping others or as a detriment, right? And you're definitely using yours as, uh, a, a, as a betterment for sure. So um, Tracy, I wanted to know if you can paint the picture for the listeners um, in, um, in your journey of writing poetry and, and, and doing things like cleaning toilets and so forth. Because bef- before you go into um, sharing that experience, um, I-, I just wanna share with you as a fellow Christian, okay? Um, whenever I believe I feel in my heart an anointing or a message from God to put me in another direction or to start a, a certain journey, okay? I, I know I feel it in my heart that that is what I'm being compelled to do by what God puts in my heart. Okay. But I also know that he never said it would be easy. The journey in the path is never promised to be easy. And so I wanted to ask if you can share with the listeners your experience in writing poetry, um, you know, by night, maybe, scrubbing toilets by day, um, however your schedule was, and, um, and, and what, what kept your eyes on the prize, so to speak? So I'll start with that last question. What kept my eyes on the prize was my faith. Mm-hmm. So just like I used um, poetry as an outlet, um, sometimes I would literally like write poems to God about what I was dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, and being vulnerable to God. And so by me being so vulnerable to God, I was able to be vulnerable with other people. And I, in the past, when I was going through, you know, scrubbing toilets, I, I changed diapers, you know, I, yeah. I did a lot of like what people would call servant roles, but I believe that God was using all of that for me to remember and never forget that I am a servant. 100%. And, and so... um but I needed to be broken in mm-hmm. order to understand that. So um, piggyback um, back when I was a teenager, I wouldn't have been a good leader, you know, and and and, and as positive of an influence now. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I get emotional. That's okay. Um, I wouldn't have been good for anyone. 
because I was very um, selfish, greedy. I wanted it to be about me. And I felt like my poetry was, you know, limitless. Like, you know, I was untouchable. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's not what God had given me the gift for. No. And so I feel like in those 10 years and me failing 10 times, he was breaking that attitude, that character out of me. Yes, yes. So, so that I could be what he really wanted me to be and show people that you can be inspirational, you can be influential, but do it for the right reasons. Right. And he'll exalt you. He'll he'll take you higher. Yes. And so for me, I'm grateful for every toilet I scrubbed. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And now it's like, I can feel people's pain. I can feel people's suffering because I've been through it. Yes. And so when I see it, you know, I -hmm. I have that power and that influence to call it out and say, you know, be mindful of how you treat people. You don't know what they're going through. No. And you can be that voice to, you know, just brighten someone's day. And I like to give an example. Um, And it does. Some people think it has to be money. You know, it's mm-hmm. not always about the money. It's it's just it's you, it can just be you, what you That's do. That's right. That's right. And so um a few weeks ago I was on vacation with my family on my husband's um, mom's side. Mm-hmm. And um we went to this outlet, this major outlet that was outside, and um I had to use the restroom. Okay. And this um young lady was in there cleaning the bathroom and um she was doing a really nice job. It smelled really good in there. Mm-hmm. And I could just feel her spirit, you know, whatever yes. you believe, you know, people give off vibes and I could just feel her spirit. It, and it was so positive. So I just told her, I said, you're doing a really good job. You know, um, the bathroom smells really nice. And um, she ended up saying that, you know, um, I really like your shirt. And I said, I like your smile, you know, and um, I just felt good, mm-hmm. you know, and I kind of had an emotional moment. <laughs> I'm sure, sure. y'all, y'all can't tell. No, but, no. I, understand. Um, I just had kind of a moment because I remember, you know, and I remember people just looking over me and, you know, not being appreciative. Yeah. So I'm compelled to mm. just, you know, when I see that, to just go out of my way to tell people that serve, that you're appreciated, that's you, and that you matter. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that means a lot to me. Yeah, 100%. I can tell. I can tell in your words uh, how it, how much it means to you, Tracy. And I really, really appreciate um, you you sharing this experience uh, with the listeners. You know, um, yeah. Whenever I feel something in my heart to um, that 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 I believe someone, a total stranger, even someone needs to hear something, um, you know, I I I say it, I express it, um, but at the same time, I also know and recognize, you know, again, as a fellow Christian, 
that's God working through me, right? To him go, goes all the glory. So that's, that's, that's him working through me, putting it on my heart to tell this person you're doing a good job, to tell this person, you know, um, I like your smile, right? And it's not always about money. You can show acts of random kindness in, uh, in, in so many different capacities, just as you have expressed and uh, given a true example. So um, thank you so much for, for sharing that. And, you know, here on the Roads Rediscovery, we have what I call the four uh, cornerstones to personal growth. And those, those four cornerstones are self-awareness, gratitude, humility, and service to others. And so, I mean, you have truly, truly articulated um, your experience and the importance of service to others and humility um, uh, in this conversation. So I, I just want to thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that experience for the benefit of the listeners. Thank you. Absolutely. So um, what is the one, the main, well, I'm sure you learned many things about yourself, but what is the main thing you've learned about yourself or continue to learn about yourself through this experience that you've gone through? Um, this my ability to listen more. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we're quick to be like, oh, this is what I think. This is my opinion. These are my thoughts. But I find that when I listen more, that people are more receptive of me. Yes, and have that empathy, right? Putting yourself in their shoes, understanding that, you know, they may not be having a good day, you know, and, uh, and, and giving them that grace, just as, you know, as you wish or would like to have, um, you know, demonstrate it with you. And sometimes we don't always get that. But I guess the part of the divinity I feel that God gives upon us is for us to continue to be that way anyway, right? Um, whether someone is like that or people are like that to us or not, but to continue to give, um, you know, um, goodwill and give smiles and give um, words of affirmation and, and, and just pleasant, pleasant words and expressions to our fellow, fellow human beings. So, um, yeah, that's a tremendous thing to learn, Tracy, over the years. It, it really does. And it really is. And it's amazing that, you know, learning something as that, two things. Number one, um, is harder for some people than others. And two, once you have achieved that, or at least, you know, have the self-awareness to discover it, it can really transform your life, can it? Yeah, it can be a game changer. <laughs> it can big time. It can definitely be a game changer for sure. So um, wanted to ask you, because I, I, I believe um, um, you you part of your poetry, um, which is, you know, like you said, a call to action. But um, you like to share stories and, uh, and, and, and poetry to inspire the youth. Is that correct? Yes. Gotcha. So what are some of the life lessons um, from your journey and your your writings that um, you 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 want to share with the youth to inspire them. So through my children's book series I started called mm -hmm. Lynn Learns Lessons. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be ten books. I've already written two, and I'm working on my third one. Nice. But basically, it's lessons that I learned throughout trying to become a certified teacher, failing. Um, 
and just letting the youth know that they're not alone. Yes. So the target readers are eight to 12 years old, third through fifth grade, mm-hmm. because I feel like that's a very critical age. That's like a transitional age group yeah. that I feel is forgotten. So I call them my forgotten ones, but mm. I, want them, I want them to know they're not alone and that I, I care and I see them. Gotcha. And it's very um, interesting because last year is when I started um, going around the community to read my books mm-hmm. um, to the youth. So mm-hmm. last year I was able to read at the Boys and Girls Club of the Midlands, all nine of their facilities. Mm-hmm. And so I got to read my books and inspire the kids to go after their dreams and many of them share with me their dreams. And I told them that I believe in their dreams. And um, it has just been an amazing experience. And um, this year I was able to go to uh, a foundational camp um, near near where I live and got mm-hmm. to speak to the uh, girls group and boys group separately. And that mm-hmm. was pretty interesting because girls and boys are different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are different. <laughs> you have to have flexibility to mm-hmm. handle, you know, both ones. But um, yeah. it was really fun. And so for last year, I always ask the same question, who can stop you from achieving your dream? And I'm always amazed at some of the answers they give. My daddy, uh, my employer, you know, something random and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, this particular... Um, school that I went to, this boy said, I think it's me. I think I'm the one that can stop me from achieving my dream. I said, okay. And he like, damn. It was really fun. And so when they get it, like when that light bulb goes off that, you yeah. know, nobody yeah. can stop me from achieving my dream. If I believe it's real for me, I can do it. And so it's just inspiring. And, um, this year when I went to the one, the camp, I actually went with my mother. And so she got to see, you know, how I interacted with the kids and she was so proud. Mm-hmm. So that was really amazing just to see the influence, you know, they just yeah. met me and to, you know, welcome me and, and feel that they can do something. is just that no amount of money can, you know, pay for that. So true. No amount of money. You establish a connection and, uh, and, and, and the, you know, the children are engaged, you know, and so y- you have to build that equity to have a connection of, uh, of trust, right? And, uh, and, 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 and just, you know, just, just a good, healthy relationship um, to exchange information and to listen to each other. And, and that, that, that's the foundation that it sounds like you have established with, the, with these youth, um, you know, in order to be inspiring to them. So um, that, that is, that is absolutely wonderful, Tracy. So um, early on, did you, did, did I hear, or did I sense that um, you, you, you were a little apprehensive to public speaking uh, at one point? Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't okay. I mean it's it's different. I know people think that, you know, um, well you do poetry and stuff, but this it's to me it's not the same thing. Right. Um and I didn't know how I would be received. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially like last year when I first was going to these different schools. It was kind of scary, you know, you just like yeah. sink or swim. 
And yeah. so um, for me, I just realized that just like in the classroom when I was trying to be a teacher and I was able to connect with the kids, I can bring that same energy into, you know, different avenues. So it's so mm-hmm. I tell people I'm still a teacher. I just teach beyond the classroom. Gotcha. So that that was a contributing factor in helping you transition to public speaking, it sounds like. Yes. Taking principles and taking um, best practices um, that that you have um, done on a regular basis in the teaching space and moved it over to the public speaking space. And like you said, um, teaching, still teaching, just beyond the classroom. And uh, a lot of it is, um, of course, verbally, right? Yes. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. So, Tracy, how can the listeners connect with you, learn more about you, follow you, and even, you know, pick up a couple copies of your first two books if they're available? Um, How can they just learn about the inspiring work that you're doing? Yes, I tell people my website is the easiest way to get in touch with me. It is my one-stop shop, and that's TracyNealSpeakerPoet.com. Tracy Neal, speakerpoet.com. We will put that in the episode show notes so the listeners can access your website while listening to this wonderful conversation. Tracy, you, I know without a doubt, continue to inspire, motivate, and bring smiles to the faces of our youth and to people all around the world. Um, I wish you the best in continued success with uh, with your poetry, with your writings, with your books. And, you know, our children, the as the song goes, our children, they are the future, right? They are the future. And with so many troubling, um, just corrupt uh, uh things going on and events going on in this world, you know, um, you are a beacon of light uh, to uh, be shined uh, across all dark parts of the world to uh, to bring sense of hope and inspiration as you're doing in your work. So Tracy, I want to thank you for the great work that you're doing. And I also want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your journey with the listeners. Thank you so much again for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And look, if you have a loved one or a colleague or coworker, close friend or neighbor who just doesn't seem to be themselves lately, um, maybe they're down and out, um, um, just going through dark days of despair, maybe resorting to bad habits, addictions and so forth. I humbly ask that you please share this show with them because on the road to rediscovery, we want our listeners to know two things. Number one, you're not alone. And two, there is always, always hope. The road to rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Road to Rediscovery. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at roadsrediscoverypodcast at gmail.com and leave us any questions or comments you may have. The Road to Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production. Mm-hmm. 
Aprovecha los precios más bajos de la temporada de JCPenney. Como toallas de baño Home Expressions Quick Dry a solo $4.88. Y encuentra aún más ahorros en botas para damas y jeans para él y ella de marcas como St. John's Bay, Mutual Weave, Arizona y más. Comenzando en $21.88 cada uno. Compre con estilo. JCPenney. Ofertas válidas hasta el 23 de octubre en selección de estilos. Los precios más bajos de la temporada se refiere al periodo del 31 de julio al 23 de octubre. Se excluyen del cupón. 